Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Asher Marketing Podcast. Tonight's guest is Kate Bragg. Kate, how are you doing? I'm doing great. It's so fun to be back here. Well, we're going to talk about back here, what that means, because you used to work here at Asher Agency. That's right. And I was just telling you how fun it was. It was so normal. It's been many years, but it was so normal to park and walk in. But it's been like 15 years since I, since I last worked here. But it was just fun and felt very like home. Did you have any weird deja vu? Like, what am I doing? Have I driven to the wrong workplace? Yeah, it was weird to buzz in. I thought, yeah. I, just, I can just walk in here. Well, we finally, I don't want to disclaim too much for safety reasons, but we finally changed the door code. I had been here, six, I, at the time we changed the door code, I had been here, I think, 12 years and it had never been changed, so it was time. So unfortunately, you couldn't just walk in. You had to actually buzz in and go through the security system. So Well, there you, you go. guys have uh, updated things here. It looks great. It's just fun, fun to be here. Well, thanks for being here. We were talking a little bit before we started recording about your life during COVID-19 with kids back in school and working from home and then going back into the office. So how has this impacted you overall? How has the coronavirus pandemic Im- impacted you? Has it been very disruptive or you know, are you fortunate that it hasn't been disruptive? I would say it's been pretty disruptive, but I'm, I'm fortunate that I've been able to work from home and I'm actually going back into the office um, several days a week, if not, you know, four or five days a week at this point, depending on my kids' schedule, snow days, things like that. My husband cannot work from home. So those, you know, those situations do typically fall to me in, in the regional partnership that I'm sure I'll talk more about has been really flexible. Um, and luckily my kids are pretty good at their e-learning and things like that, but it has, it's been very disruptive. There have been silver linings to, you know, being more present with my kids in those situations, but the balance can be hard as I know it has been for everyone. Yeah. And I think it's just the fatigue now of it's gone on long enough that people are ready to get back to something different. And again, we're the fortunate ones because we have our health and all that, but it's still, you know, it's still a lot from a work standpoint and being parent of young children, I'm sure there's even more complications. Yeah. You and I were just chatting about the days sometimes just blend into one another, but um, ultimately, I think we're all still doing good work. We're still, you know, I'm still employed. I'm really thankful for that. Um, have exciting projects to work on. And yeah, health is a really important thing. So I'm, I'm, for, I'm fortunate. I'm grateful. Well, good. Well, good. And we're going to talk about all of those things tonight. So on this podcast, as you know, we talk really about three main things. One being your career path. What did you do prior to the work you're doing now? And how did that all come together? The second thing we talk about is the organization you work for. You mentioned the regional partnership. We're going to help people understand what that organization is and what your team looks like. And then finally, projects that are interesting to you that are big projects keeping you up at night, make you excited, maybe both keeping you up at night and making you excited at the same time. So let's start with your career path. And I know some of your story is here at Asher, but take me back before that. Where'd you grow up and how'd you get started in a marketing role? Yeah, it's fun. I was thinking about that in preparation for chatting with you. And I've really enjoyed my winding path. I am not one of those people that I think would have enjoyed 
graduating from college and knowing this is what the next 20 or 30 years of my life is going to look like exactly. I've enjoyed the journey of it um, and kind of the mystique sometimes of where is the next opportunity going to come from or the next introduction to someone might be the, the next opportunity. But I did grow up for the most part here in Northeast Indiana, Columbia City, Fort Wayne, went to high school here, uh, went away to college at IU in Bloomington and had some amazing years there. Um, interestingly, I came back here. Um, I had met my husband who's Canadian. So um, he was here playing hockey, professional hockey here for the Fort Wayne uh, Comets. And that brought me back, whereas a lot of my friends were going to Chicago or Indianapolis or other bigger cities at that point. But I came back here um, to be with my husband, start a career here, um, ended up working here at Asher. And um, has been. I've, I've really had a great career here in Fort Wayne. And I, I love telling people about that because I do think there is a, a, you know, a going proposition, especially at those bigger universities that you have to go to Chicago or, you know, New York or Indianapolis or something to have a great career in whatever field, especially in marketing. And I'm just really thrilled at all the opportunities that there are here in yeah. Fort Wayne. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, certainly um, a growing possibilities of everything that's going on. So, so a few questions. When you were younger, before college and even in college, did you have an idea what you wanted to do and was it something different than marketing? I don't know that I really knew what I wanted to do. Um, my first major was business. So I changed my major and did a minor in business because I really found um, in high school and college, I, I do love to write. I'm not a creative writer, but I love to communicate mm -hmm. and to write. And I really found myself gravitating towards journalism in mm -hmm. school. So that's actually my major is in journalism, okay. PR concentration um, and with a minor in business and psychology. And it's okay. interesting. Sometimes I notice I, I am fascinated in people's motivations and human behavior. And I love those things together, the yep. journalism, the business, and the and the marketing and PR and, and um, business. So um, yeah, I don't know that I knew that. Actually, before I went into the PR concentration, I, went, I had an internship in broadcast journalism and okay. an interest in that and really thought that might be something I want to do. And that's where I always advise people why internships are really, really important. Yep. And they're so much more prevalent now than when I was in school. I was really fortunate to find an internship over the summer with a local TV station. It was NBC 33 mm -hmm. at the time. Yep. Uh, Kent Horman, who is recently, I believe, retired from the station. He's just, he was a fantastic mentor, but I ended up doing a sports marketing internship okay. with Kent Horman and some other people over there at the station um, to get a feel for if broadcast journalism was going to be the right fit for me. And honestly, I realized it wasn't. It was such a fun experience. And those, all of those leaders were amazing and gave me time and, and mentorship, but I realized the field wasn't for me. And yeah. I, that was a great uh, time to figure that out. It was like the, between my junior and senior year of college and I kind of tweaked and went more into the PR path. And so I think internships can give you an opportunity to think, is this what I want to do or is this what I don't want to do before you you know, major in something and then go all in to realize a year in that you hate it. Yeah, and it's really hard to tell until you're actually doing the work. Yep. Uh, you know, I think you can understand theoretically what a job's going to be like, but until you're in the seat, it's really hard to know if that's going to be the right path for you. So you were fortunate to get ahead of it a little bit. You know, I am a believer though, and this can sound cheesy, but I am a believer in everything happens for a reason or 
things that, you know, your path gets you where you need to go. And I think that really helped set me up for success in PR. I'm fairly comfortable in front of the camera based on, you know, that work and doing some stand-ups and interviews sure. and things like that. I think that really helped me um, in that comfort level and knowing some of the technical jargon and, and how these things work. I think from a PR person on the other side, knowing those things is really beneficial. Oh, sure, sure. And being able to write concisely because that's so much a part of a 30-minute newscast when you only have really 20 minutes of content and you're trying to say it all in two minutes. That can be a great skill that can translate well to the working world. So, wild card question, how'd you meet your husband? I think I know this story, but I've forgotten it because it's been a while since we've talked. It's funny. So he was a hockey player, but we met at a golf course. Okay. So I All was right. working at a golf course um, in summers between college, also juggling internships yeah. and all of the things that college students do. And that's where I met him. And um, that's that's really the, the history there. And it's really fun for me because... Um, people ask me all the time, you know, oh, you know, in my field, economic development, well, I'm from here, um, you know, of course, I'm kind of partial to this sure. area. And that's true. But I see things through his lens, too, as a transplant, someone who moved here as an adult and has started a career here. And, um, you know, now actually he and I own a small business. That's mm -hmm. what he does yeah. post hockey life. So I see things so much through his eyes, which is really fun for me in the field that I work. Yeah. What part of Canada is he from? He is from Ontario, really small town, about halfway between Niagara Falls and uh, Toronto. Okay. So, all right. Yeah. yeah. Small, small town. And um, his family is all there. We miss them very much. We have not seen them in over a year now oh, because yeah. of the pandemic and the border being closed. Yeah. Well, and, and probably Fort Wayne is somewhat of a big city then coming from a small town in Ontario. Yeah, I would say that. I mean, he's traveled quite a bit because of his hockey you know, career and different things like that. But, um, you know, he's been here a long time now, so I think it feels like home. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, we're, we're very well settled here and it's not too far from his family. But yeah, different. It's funny for how close Canada is. The cultures can be very different yeah. at times. Yeah, for sure. So I took us off track. I'm going to get us back on track and go back <laughs> to your career path. So tell me, how did you end up at Asher? Because we obviously worked together for the time, part of the time you were here. But how did you end up here? I feel like this story will make me seem really old if you have young <laughs> listeners because it's really funny. Um, so when I graduated, uh, the job market was not great. Mm -hmm. um, and so, and I was kind of struggling to find a job for a couple months. So I'd graduated in May. I was doing some nannying mm -hmm. to kind of figure out then what I wanted to do. So I wasn't one of those people who graduated from college with a job and yep. went right into it. But I, so the people I was nannying for who are really close friends, uh, actually, she came home from work one day and said, uh, she's an avid newspaper reader. Mm -hmm. And she said, hey, I saw this article in the newspaper that Asher Agency, an ad agency in town, just landed a big state of Indiana contract. Okay. And um, you should call them and see if they're hiring. And yeah. even at that time, I thought, I would call them. There's no, what? Yeah. What's a, a newspaper and <laughs> then I have to call people? Yeah. So I, but I did. Yeah. And um, I ended up talking to Karen, who was the CFO, yep. um, and she's just lovely. And I called her and I said that. And honestly, I felt kind of silly because there was no job posting. And I thought I'm one of these cold call people. And she said, send me your resume. And I sent it and I think I interviewed like the next day or something and ended up um, getting a job in the media department with Jill Brown. Okay. I guess I didn't remember that, that you actually started in the media department. Okay. 
I did. And um, Karen later, years later, probably said to me, she said something like that just made me laugh. So she said, we had just landed this big account and we were thinking, wow, you know, we need, you know, oh my gosh, we have a lot of work to do in front of us and we need to staff up. And then like out of nowhere, you called us and said, are you hiring? So it was just funny later on to see, um, you know, how, how business ebbs and flows at an agency sure, and, and sure. in any other business. But that's how I landed here, which is so funny. There wasn't a job. I just called and they said, come on in. And and then I ended up working with Jill, um, who's still here. Jill Brown, just yep. what a fantastic mentor and leader she was. She taught me so much. And being in media buying, I had no experience with that. I knew a little bit about it, right? I learned so much and got to interface with a lot of clients or learn about a lot of sure. clients because you're buying media um, you know, ad space and things like that for so many different clients. It wasn't just one. Yeah. So, and then, so did you go right from the media department to being on the account side on the subway team? Is that uh, yeah. the right transition? Yeah, I did. And and that was just a fantastic um, jump for me. I loved, I got, again, got a great, you know, background in media. I knew media probably wasn't my long-term plan, but I really enjoyed learning and, and interfacing with the team. And then there was an opening on the subway account management team. And so I, I lucked into that. I got, I got that and ended up working with Kara and a number of the team members here, um, traveled, got to interface with lots of different subway owners. That was a really great platform for me to really learn about account management. And again, a lot of different areas of marketing. So, you know, working with creative teams, working in a different way with the media team, working, you know, with clients, understanding their needs, understanding how to service them, financials, working with budgets. It was really a great opportunity. And doing that at a relatively young age too, when a lot of people don't have the opportunity to sort of jump into the deep end. So, you know, my my hope is that that was a good experience and that it gave you some skills you're still using today. Yeah, absolutely was. Honestly, being able to be a few years out of college and be standing up in front of 20, you know, owners of subway franchises and presenting concepts and things to them. That's a really cool opportunity, you know, that you can, you know, if you can harness it and and get feedback. And I remember one time Jill giving me a really good piece of feedback after a presentation. And I think that goes to one of my pieces of advice is taking feedback and, you know, really listening and, you know, I've been given a lot of gifts of feedback, positive and constructive over the years, but really great opportunity learning how to travel for work, going to subway conventions all over the country. Um, it really was a, a great launching point for me. So you're, you're at Asher and then you move on to a couple well-known names in Northeast Indiana. So tell me a little bit about that transition after you um, moved on from Asher. Where'd you go and what was that work like? Yeah, I I really enjoyed the work I was doing here, the subway work. So a lot of that consumer marketing type of um, work. And I ended up moving from here to Vera Bradley, which is based here in town um, in Fort Wayne. But, you know, global company. Mm -hmm. Um, And I, I joined Vera Bradley in 2008. So a really interesting time right before the recession. Um, But ultimately, the company grew substantially, even really through the recession, and um, I was there for seven years in a, a couple different roles, but ultimately in a PR, very PR focused role. And mm-hmm. I loved it. I was traveling, spent a lot of time in New York and LA talking to magazine editors, you know, all of that type of thing, trying to, you know, work on product placement and okay. telling the story of your Bradley, you know, founded in Fort Wayne, you know, popular all over the world now and um, telling the story. It's a really fascinating story. It was a ton of fun. A lot of hard work, just like anything else. But 
uh, allowed me to see a lot of different sides of that business. You know, when you're in PR, you're, you're telling, you're doing that kind of, at least there, I was doing that kind of product placement role, but also the kind of corporate communications and, you know, learning about investor relations. Once the company went public, yeah. I was there during that time. So I learned a ton of really interesting, um, aspects of that business as far as earnings releases and, you know, forward-looking statements and all of these things that you have to know in doing, you know, communications for a public company. So that was really fascinating. So coming back a little bit to that journalism background as well and tapping into that from the other side of the the equation. Yeah. So, so then Matilda Jane. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. And again, Fort Wayne and Northeast Indiana is so, uh, has so many interesting companies like that, that are very well known throughout the country and especially different circles or different industries. Um, And I did, I, I went over, to Matilda Jane Clothing, which is a girls' clothing company, um, and uh, worked there for a number of years. And it really was a very much a growing company. It's an interesting business model. It's not sold in stores. It's sold through what are called trunk keepers. So Mm -hmm. it's an interesting model in that in marketing, you're marketing to both consumer and to the trunk keepers who are consumers, but also salespeople. So you kind of have this business to business, business to consumer sale uh, marketing thing going on. It's a really interesting uh, position trying to talk to your, you know, market to your salespeople because they're not employees. Mm -hmm. They're selling and making commission and things like that, but you're also marketing direct to consumer. And it's a very whimsical, fun brand. And I enjoyed, uh, you know, that work of, you know, it was all about keeping little girls little. It's a very youthful brand and a lot of fun. Um, so that was, that's, that was part of my journey. And did you, did you work with Jen Roberts? I did. Yeah. So Jen is back here. I don't know if you know that. She's our creative director now. Jen is fantastic. I heard that news and that's awesome. Yeah. Well, we are very happy to have her back and I'm glad you had the chance to work with her. So then you moved into the position, if my timeline is correct, you moved into the position you have now, which is with the regional partnership. So tell me a little bit, we're going to transition into question number two. Tell me a little bit about the work you do there and then tell us what the regional partnership is. How do you define it? Yeah, the work I do at the regional partnership, so I um, am overseeing marketing, PR, communications, um, and that's been, you know, my love is is doing that work. And But the regional partnership is at heart an economic development organization for an 11-county region. So that includes Fort Wayne and Allen County, where we're sitting right now, as well as another a number of other counties surrounding. And it's really this cool hub-and-spoke model with this urban core of Fort Wayne and then these rural communities and communities with lakes and, and all sorts of other um, great attributes all working together to try to grow our one region together. So what we do is really three major things. So we are doing business attraction, which is just trying to bring new business into the community. Uh, talent attraction, so same thing for talent, trying to recruit people basically or make them um, you know, interested in coming and living here and working here. And then talent development, so it's all about that homegrown talent mm-hmm. and then retaining the great talent we have here. So those are kind of the three things that we really ultimately do at the regional partnership. So how do you work with some of the local economic development groups? Is is it competitive? Is it collaborative? I was just, uh, last week I was talking to Dale Buke, who I think used to be at the regional partnership and now is the head of the Whitley County Economic Development Group. How do you work with those local economic development groups? How does all that work together? Well, collaboration is 
the answer. It's mm -hmm. all, and that is our strength. The regional strength of Northeast Indiana is all about collaboration. And that is what I spend most of my time, most of us spend most of our time doing is collaborating with different groups. So it might be the local economic developers. We have a very close relationship with all 11 economic developers in each of the counties. We meet with them at least monthly. We work with the elected officials all over the, the um, counties, all over the region, work with business leaders. So very business-driven organization. We're all about um, helping businesses here grow right through the talent needs, their workforce, um, infrastructure needs, and also, you know, bringing the new businesses in. But it is, it's a, it has to be collaborative. And that is, um, you know, for us to compete against bigger communities or other communities, we have to band together and we have to, you know, be collaborative and share information and pool resources and things like that. Sure. So, so your role, Kate, is it telling the story of Northeast Indiana so that it reaches beyond those 11 counties? What, what is the core of the work you do? How does it fit into the bigger picture? Yeah, that is the major part of the role is telling Northeast Indiana story to reach uh, businesses and also talent. So it's mm -hmm. fun for me because I do get to still in marketing speak work on kind of business to business marketing, which is that, you know, talking to what we call site consult site selection consultants, yep. site consultants. Um, and those are people who advise businesses yep. on when they're looking at a relocation or expansion. Um, they're kind of that, you know, intermediary. And sometimes we're working directly with corporate executives, but then we're also marketing to talent to tell how awesome it is to live and work here and the competitive advantages for talent like cost of living yeah. or amazing opportunities at these major, you know, corporations that you've probably heard of or some other, you know, opportunities. And then it, I always kind of think of it as the three legs of a stool. So you've got the affordability opportunity and then the quality of life. Yep. And that is what we are really, all of those things have to work together, but the quality of life is what really sets us apart with those other things mm -hmm. because the amenities that have really um, been created here and have sprung up here in the last 10 years are amazing. And I've lived here quite a few years now. Yeah. When I started working downtown 15 plus years ago, it was a very different place than yeah. it is today. And that is incredible. And we hear businesses really are looking for those types of things, those, um, you know, investments and the quality of life for their employees. Sure, and, and a key piece of it, I'm sure, is working collaboratively with our great local colleges to try to keep some of their graduates here instead of going back home. I know um, work very closely with Indiana Tech, and they do a good job of, obviously, when, when it's the right choice for a graduate, kind of selling them on Northeast Indiana is a great place to live, and there's a number of students I know have chosen to make this their home, which is obviously very good for the partnership. Yes, it is. And shout out to Brian Engelhart over at Indiana Tech, former, former Asher yep. team member and, and someone I've been uh, lucky to stay in, in, in contact with. Uh, but Indiana Tech, we have 11 universities within the borders of our region, and we work very collaboratively with them. So that's another group we work with very closely. It's really neat. Actually, they have formed together under a network where we, um, through the partnership, can work with them to respond under one umbrella of this Northeast Indiana colleges and universities. So to work with businesses, and we've had some good successes in either retaining or bringing businesses here based on being able to answer their talent needs through that one single voice of the colleges and universities network. But the other cool thing about Northeast Indiana is outside, just outside of our actual geographic borders, you've got Indiana University, Purdue, mm -hmm. Notre Dame, Ohio State, 
Um, it's really unique the way we're positioned geographically. You've got access to many, many different universities and, and kind of that talent pipeline. Yeah, it's one of the things that has kept me here is is all the hooks that Northeast Indiana has gotten into me and the extended area because originally came here, I don't want to say on a whim, but it was kind of like, ah, I'm 24. If it doesn't work out, I can always move back. Then, you know, my son was born and quality of life and cost of living became much more important. And then my job was here and my professional connections. Then my son decided to go to Ball State. So it's only an hour and a half away. So here I am 26 years later, still living in a community that I knew literally nothing about when I moved here. And it's been a great place to live. So you've lived here longer than you didn't live here. That's right. That's right. Which is kind of shocking when I think of it that way. But yeah, this is as much home as home is now. So so tell me a little bit about how your work has changed, if at all, and I assume it has changed, over the course of the last year with everything that's happening with the pandemic and quarantine and all those things. How has that affected your stakeholders? How has that affected the businesses you work with? What are some of the major impacts it's had? Well, We've had uh, some really interesting challenges, just like everyone else has. I think we, we as an organization pivoted really quickly, and we were very well uh, set up to do that because of the, our team um, and our organization just having invested in some really great technology upgrades not long before the pandemic. So that worked out very well. But, you know, meeting in person, we have that's been part of our recipe for success, you know, having these big meetings, bringing people together. So trying to replicate that, you know, in a Zoom format was something we really have spent a lot of time and you can't fully replicate yeah. it. You can, what I say is um, for me, Zoom meetings can be very effective and very efficient I, what I'm personally missing is the chit chat and the connection before and after the meeting where actually a lot of those little connections are made where Mm -hmm. it's like a, Hey, can I grab you for a minute? I have this little challenge or that can ask you a question. Um, that's where a lot of those, you know, those things happen. So I'm, I'm missing that personally. Um, but our work is still moving forward very much. We, we had a great year last year with projects being issued and our local economic developers, you know, we're, they've been working projects. We've seen population growth. I mean, our three major goals at the regional partnership for the region are around population growth, growing our area to a million people. Mm-hmm. We are seeing positive growth. Uh, per capita income, so per capita personal income is what, you know, PCPI is what we talk about. And that's all about wealth and prosperity. So increasing the wealth and prosperity of each person. And we've been seeing some growth. We're starting to see that flatten out or maybe Mm -hmm. decline a little bit against the national average. Mm -hmm. Um, And then educational attainment. So Mm -hmm. 60%, we want to have 60% of the population have a credential or, you know, secondary education. And uh, so we're seeing uh, great strides there. But uh, this so the the work is uh, still moving forward. I just personally look forward to getting back to at least some more small group conversations, getting people together. I just find people aren't as typically as willing to it's the brainstorms or the staying on after to, you know, that type of thing to chit chat. Well, an economic development is a relationship business. I mean, I, I am absolutely no expert in it. I did work for an electric utility when I first moved to Indiana and spent a little bit of time as as a very low on the totem pole member of an economic development team. And so much of it was not just selling the business on moving, but selling the executive's family on this is a great place to live. And that's hard to do remotely, I'm sure. The relationship piece, not impossible, but harder to do when you're not in the same room and when you don't have the opportunity to connect on that more personal level. Well, you're so right. And and we talk so much about trust being the cornerstone of this business, yeah. Tr- you know, building trust-based relationships 
relationships internally as well as with those external partners like site consultants where they know, you know, they can trust you. You're going to give them correct information. They know what they're getting. Um, so I, those are long-term things. So that's the benefit. We've been really fortunate through our leadership, um, our CEO, John Sampson, our board members, our longtime leaders have built these relationships. So we're reaping benefits of those trust-based long-term relationships. But I know we're all eager to, you know, get back out there. Our business attraction team, actually, they are traveling. They're starting to get back out there in a safe way. Um, and they're excited about that. And we're excited for them to start getting back out there, going to some of these, um, you know, meetings, doing some small sure. group meetings um, because of those types of things, those kind of, you know, moments where people will share maybe more or, you know, have more of a dialogue than they would in a phone call or a Zoom meeting. Sure. So let's talk about some of the major projects that you're working on, some of the things that are high up on your to-do list or the biggest items on your to-do list, obviously things you can talk about. Mm -hmm. What are some of the major rocks you're trying to move forward with your team or independently? Uh, what's, What's your main focus these days? One of my biggest projects this year, which I'm really excited about, and it's been really fun and um, very um, you know meaningful to me, is actually looking at our business attraction efforts. So the very much that business to business kind of um, work, and completely almost starting not starting over, but really saying what is our pitch? We can't be using the same pitch we've been using for several years sure. because so much has changed in a really great way in this region. All of these new developments, the talking points really have changed. So we're kind of tearing it down to the studs and rebuilding it this year and saying, let's elevate this pitch. Let's elevate our business attraction marketing efforts. So we're starting with the research and getting our stakeholders together and doing external research on perceptions of Northeast Indiana Mm -hmm. from a business perspective. And we'll be rolling out, you know, some new marketing pieces. And, you know, like I said, this revised pitch, this refreshed pitch, um, and I'm really excited about that. And that's a, a fun project. And, and we are seeing great momentum in, you know, those efforts around business attraction. And so that's one big thing. Something else that's really fun for me, the uh, public relations work. So that's mm-hmm. part of telling our story is working and trying to get um, in front of editors in major publications or industry publications to talk about the strengths of Northeast Indiana. And it, we've had some great wins in having some great articles published over the last few years from both quality of life and industry. Electric Works has been um, great for, for us telling sure. that story about a community of our size taking on this really tenacious development project. Um, And it hasn't come without, you know, ebbs and flows in that process, but it's moving forward. And that's a really big transformational project that has gotten the attention of the Wall Street Journal and other major publications. And that's exciting for us to have a story like that to tell. Um, An industry industry, uh, story that I'm working on with my team and our partners right now is the story of the RV industry mm-hmm. in Northeast Indiana, Northern Indiana, yeah. probably more precisely. Um, we have quite a bit in Northeast Indiana within our 11 county borders, but of course you get into Elkhart County sure. and um, that's really the, the major hub, but we're, we're working and trying to tell that story because the RV industry is really, really fascinating. Yeah. Um, it's at a, a, it's really doing well right now, the pandemic. Um, people are buying RVs right and left. Yeah. Um, it's a safe way to travel, sure. all of that. So that's been really fun to learn more about that industry and be starting to pitch that out 
proactively to media partners. Well, and, and Northeast Indiana has had a lot of great media coverage lately and a lot of, you know, top 10 lists and all favorable. Um, you know, I remember a time when the only time we made a top 10 list was it was top 10 unhealthiest cities and all these other negatives. But now it's all very positive, especially at a time where more people are saying, hey, if I can live anywhere and work, you know, for a company that's located anywhere, why not a place that has better quality of life and a more affordable cost of living? Yeah, and, and we really are seeing that. We're talking about that. We're researching that. What does that look like? We are hearing those stories anecdotally. And there are you know websites that are starting pr- to promote remote work options and you know doing some of that research around best places to live You know if you're working remotely. So those are really important trends for us to pay attention to uh, because we really, we believe we can be a beneficiary of people wanting to move home you know, through the pandemic and like you said, have a better quality of life, buy a home, you know, live where they want to live, have more room, all of those kinds of things. So there's a lot of trends that we're watching for. Sure. So you've got, you know, all the projects you mentioned around sort of telling the story differently, updating the story, you know, piggybacking on stories like Electric Works. What else? What are some of the major things that are on your plate? A major initiative that we're really focused on as an organization, not just within marketing, is um, what's called industry cluster development. Mm-hmm. So looking at, um, we've we've historically talked about target industries. So this is kind of taking it a step further. Industry clusters are really um, kind of almost like a self-contained um uh, in, industry group that they are in some ways reliant on each other and mm-hmm. they've created this ecosystem within you know a regional area. So in a great example would be the medical device, the orthopedic mm-hmm. cluster we have here. There's several others that are really either starting or developing right now, um, including insurance, the specialty insurance yep. industry. So we've started meeting with industry leaders. Specialty insurance is a great example and starting to bring leaders together. Some of them certainly already know each other and collaborate. So I'm not going to take credit for all of that by any means, but bringing people together again, that collaboration to talk about mutual interest, mutual needs, what could industry um, leaders and their organizations benefit from if we bring people together, offer to help start. um, It's very beneficial for us. So within the insurance industry, looking at telling that story of our strength in this industry nationally, it's, you know, Des Moines and Hartford, those are two places that are very well known for insurance and financial mm-hmm. services. We want to be on those lists when companies are looking to, you know, expand or relocate within, you know, the insurance industry or supply chain. We want to make sure that we're at the top of people's lists and they're thinking about Northeast Indiana. Sure. And that's where higher ed comes in again, because it's making sure that you're training people for those careers and understanding the employer's needs by being in touch with those leaders so that what's being taught in the classroom is relevant and that there's a pipeline of talent that's coming into those industries. That's exactly right. And that's an, it is another area where the colleges and universities network, they're very responsive to the needs of businesses and saying, how can we help? How can we put together programs? And that's been really neat to see the flexibility and agility that our higher ed institutions have uh, provided to the needs of business. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, we're going to switch to what I call the speed round of the show, where we do three quick hit questions that kind of sound like the ones we've already asked, but your charge is to make the answers even more concise. You've done a great job of keeping things very simple. But Kate, if you were to give someone, you know, career advice, if someone came to you either, you know, maybe you're trying to convince them to stay in Northeast Indiana, maybe 
you know, they're someone who is like you, not really sure what they want to do, but they know that eventually they want to have a career. What's what's your best career advice for someone either just getting started or someone who's further along in their career and thinking about a next step? I My answer for that would be be curious. So curiosity, asking questions, um, listening are some of the most valuable skills I think you can have. Um, Barb Backard at Vera Bradley um, always talked about um, being more interested than interesting Mm. or worrying more about being interested versus coming off as interesting. Mm. And I took that to heart. I think that's a very important advice um, about listening and asking a lot of questions. You can gain so much knowledge and so much advice from just asking questions. And, And I think for me, accepting advice and feedback and trying to be open to it um, is, has been really helpful to me. I, I try really hard. It's, sometimes it's hard to hear sure. feedback. Um, a friend of mine says feedback is a gift. Some days it feels like that. Some days it doesn't. Yeah. But um, people typically have your best interest in mind when they're giving you feedback. But I think that curiosity, there, this this region, this community, I have found has an incredible sense of mentorship mm-hmm. um, if you're open to it and if you put yourself out there. Yeah, for and sure. I've been really fortunate to have a fantastic for you know informal and formal mentors throughout my career, and that has made all the difference for yeah. me. Well, and and keeping yourself open to that feedback because if if someone is trying to be constructive in their criticism and you respond negatively, they're probably not going to come back with more information. So um, receiving it in the spirit in which it's shared, I think is really important, but that's great. Be curious. I like that. All right. Second question. So the Northeast Indiana Regional Partnership is an important entity, but it is somewhat of a mystery to a lot of people who don't, you know, work in the economic development space. So if someone who is outside of that uh, part of the business world were to ask you, you know, what does this entity really do? Why does it matter? What might you say concisely? Well, it matters because this region has a group of people who wake up every single day completely focused on how we grow the region's economy. We're obsessively focused on that. Um, and I think that's the strength. We feel very fortunate that our investors have, you know, provided this framework for us to do that, to do research and to lead people and to pull people together for these meetings and to confront challenges. So that's really at the heart what we do is look at how do we grow this region's economy and everyone can play a part, whether you know anything about the regional partnership. Um, I, uh, I always talk about, I mean, if you're a business leader, you know, try to recruit someone in your supply chain or try to, you know, talk about, hey, have you ever thought about expanding into Northeast Indiana? Or you can, you know, let us know if you, we can help with that. But as a resident and any resident here is just talking positively. We talk a lot about that culture of ambassadorship, mm-hmm. being an ambassador for Northeast Indiana, for Fort Wayne, for your community, speaking positively about it to friends and family or people who've moved away, you know, whether they grew up here and moved away. So everybody, I, I kind of joke, economic development is really everybody's job to some degree. Um, we're just the people who wake up every day and try to lead, you know, we're the tip of the spear and try to lead people 
um, to thinking about it every day. All right. Very well said. So the last question has to do with, you know, the state of the world over the past year. There's obviously a lot of challenges. A lot of people are going through tough times, whether that's career wise or otherwise. You have, you know, a complex life. You, your spouse, your parent, you have a demanding job. You have all these other things going on in your life. What's your best piece of advice to maybe bring a little optimism into people's lives, get people thinking about, you know, better days ahead? If somebody was going through some kind of a challenge and asked you for advice, what might you say? Well, my team knows this. Um, I really try to have fun throughout my day in mm-hmm. work. I mean, not every day is an absolute joy. You yeah. know, we all have bad days and meetings that don't go well and things like that. But I I do believe in having fun at work and trying to, you know, if you're not, you're either going to laugh or cry someday. Sometimes you just have to laugh. Sometimes you have to be silly. That doesn't mean you're not taking your work seriously, but you don't have to be serious all the time. And I think we all spend a lot of our days and a lot of our life at work. So we may as well enjoy the work, have fun with it and enjoy the people around us. So that would be um, one thing. And I really do subscribe to a this too shall pass type of mentality. And that works both ways. Sometimes that means really good things will also be fleeting. But um, most of the time, bad things will pass. You know, new opportunities will come um, and you just have to take one day at a time. And I, there are so many days lately over the last year that I, it is like just one day at a time. That's all I can focus on right now. Um, you know, is getting, you know, is doing the work needs done today, planning for, you know, what the kids need for school and it's, you know, wear yellow day and it's all, you know, it's, it's just organizing one day at a time. Sometimes hopefully there's other days you can look further ahead, but Sometimes yeah. it's just, what what do I need to do today? Well, and, and realizing that there's going to be days when it is going to be hard and it's not going to be perfect and knowing that it's probably that way for everyone, that you're very much, um, you know, with your peers if you're struggling through it because there's struggles everywhere. And I think those two things together and take some time to, to find the humor in it because it is a unique situation and things will get better. But, um, you know, it, it doesn't have to be... Uh, You can still laugh about it um, as long as you have the ability to laugh at yourself a little bit. I agree. And, um, you know, we all need to give each other grace a lot of days and a lot of give each other a break, but we also need to give ourselves a break some days. We all are, I know a lot of us are really put a lot of pressure. We have high bars for ourselves and that's great. But some days um, you can only do what you can do. Yeah. And you do your best. Well, I think that's especially important for parents to hear, you know, to to think if a friend came to you and explained, if, if you, if you explained your situation to a friend, what would that friend say? Say that same thing to yourself. Because oftentimes we're so critical of ourselves. It's not the same approach we would take with a friend who might ask for that help. So it's being as generous with ourselves as we would be with someone else for sure. I totally agree with that. Yeah. Well, Kate, thank you very much for being generous with us and spending some time with us and helping us understand more about the regional partnership and your work. You do great work and it's great to see you back in this building and see you moving forward in your career and doing great things. Well, thank you for the opportunity and it's been a lot of fun and agree. Asher's doing great work. Anthony, I see your name everywhere. All of the social media um, classes and talks you're doing, you're doing really great stuff. Well, I have a great team here at Asher and I'm just the one who talks the loudest, so I benefit from that. But thank you again and thanks everybody for listening. We'll be back next week with another great guest and we hope you join us then. 